we start today's episode, just to let you know, you can now nominate for the 2025 Northern Power Women Awards. To be in with a chance of celebrating with changemakers, trailblazers and advocates on the 6th of March 2025. Nominate now at wearepower.net. Women podcast for your career and your life, no matter what business you're in. Hello, well, welcome to this the We Power On season of the Northern Power Women podcast. I'm your host Simone Roche, and we are now a full month on from the Northern Power Women Awards. Can you believe it? I don't know where the time goes, but as we always say, the awards is never for one night. As we continue to spotlight and storytell about the amazing role models who are from and in the North, and today is no different. I am joined by the amazing Rachel Lee. Rachel founded Teleport in 2000. 19, which is a virtual reality travel company. And like the name suggests, the company literally teleports people to different locations around the world. Initially, this was a startup idea that was converting disused phone boxes into virtual reality kiosks in which people can go inside these phone boxes in London and use VR headset to see different parts of the country. The first kiosk was launched in January 2020, but then the dreaded COVID struck a month later and Teleport pivoted to now focusing on producing travel apps for the Oculus Quest headset. And earlier this year, Teleport launched their debut app, Teleport Scotland, on the Meta platform. The app has been critically acclaimed since released and is currently rated 4.8 out of 5. And the company has three other apps for England, France and Iceland coming out this year. And I saw some of your pictures from Iceland very recently. Rachel is instrumental in the business development and operations of this early stage startup and was also involved in prototyping market research and helping the firm secure seed funding, which is no mean feat. Alongside all of this, we're delighted to see Rachel on the 2022 Northern Power Women Future List. Welcome, Rachel. Welcome to the Northern Power Women podcast. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. And what an introduction, Simone. <laughs> Thank you so much. Do you know, it's great. I always love reading the intros. I think sometimes it's you, you get the information from the individual I'm having a, a conversation with. And you can, I watch them as I'm reading it out. They think, oh, gosh, I forgot <laughs> I did that. Oh, yeah, I did that. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, where did that all come from? But, you know, we've chatted before where we did the Women in Business Expo last year about um setting up a business and starting out and can you tell me what getting that first client meant to you and where did it all come from? The first client is often always the hardest but then you find once you've done it once it sort of snowballs hopefully the best case scenario Um, and how that sort of came about was I was in lockdown and I was very new on the LinkedIn scene and I was I was actually terrified of LinkedIn I was because every time I went on, it was someone else shouting about their achievement. And although there's nothing wrong about that, I just felt like I haven't a- accomplished as much as this other person. And I always felt like a bit intimidated and a bit scared. But during lockdown, and um, I had no choice because obviously there was no sort of socializing and no networking events going on. So I had to, I had to put myself out there. 
So I went on LinkedIn and within like two weeks, I've reached 500 new connections. I was every day I was on LinkedIn. I was connect, 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 but also really targeting who I'm connecting with, like people in the travel industry, people who are key decision makers within their organizations, such as um, Visit Scotland. I was connected with the senior marketing manager of Visit Scotland, who was kind enough, lovely enough to invite us to their offices in Edinburgh. And so we took a trip to Edinburgh and we sat down with them. We had a really nice chat and it was just really exciting. It was a really exciting period because who knew from LinkedIn you're able to to connect with all these amazing people and from there something will come out of it. Um, so that was that's basically in a nutshell what what sort of happened and got us our first um, client, really. And it's amazing that you talked about not wanting to go on LinkedIn because you're like, what have I got and what have I done? And, um, you know, shall we read your intro out again, Rachel? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, it's just, I think I have a bit of imposter syndrome, as we all do. Um, but that was, lockdown in a way, it, it sort of shook me a bit and was like, I need to stop being so afraid. I need to stop. Um, feeling like I wasn't worth enough and you know everyone's got their own troubles and you know and tribulations and I just gotta put myself out there and look at all the good that came from it like I met Simone on on LinkedIn and it just snowballed from there you know and and you know what you talk the imposter syndrome is a really big thing uh last week um as part of my side hustle role I'm an honorary officer in the Royal Navy I was down at Britannia Royal Naval College in Dartmouth and I had three days down there with five fellow officers and I was really excited then all of a sudden bang it hit me that imposter syndrome you know haven't been there in 30 years and it is that I did have that fear myself and all of a sudden I've come out the other side of it and I'm like I'm still reflecting you know on all the good that comes so I think imposter syndrome can be good I think it's just like you say like you did you just have to jump in embrace it and get on with it I think what really what was really instrumental as well was knowing that you had a support system there to catch you when you fall because when I were during lockdown I was still at Lancaster University and the enterprise team there was really instrumental in sort of very, very early stages of my startup. Like they were there always ready to advise, um, ready to listen to all your troubles and work and brainstorm with you and try and solve all the business challenges that come your way as a startup. And also obviously seeing role models in the industry or seeing women who are um, of color, who are minority and they're pushing through stereotypes and Seeing all that and being surrounded by all that constantly really helped myself and really helped me to break through that invisible boundary that I had in my brain and my mind. But yeah, I would really, really stress like if you are early stage and you feel like, you know, oh, everything you're doing is wrong, try and find a support group that would really, you know, listen to you because listening is really important and will understand you and therefore would then encourage you to keep going forward and that's what I had and I was very lucky to have that at Lancaster University and of course the amazing Northern Power Women um, network as well. And I think it's those multiple networks you know I know you talk really fondly about your time at Lancaster Uni and also uh, you know that the pitch-up club that you started there and how that empowered you as well tell us about that pitch-up club. So the pitch 
it's it's sort of a monthly um, pitch session that everyone comes together and you give a 60-second pitch of your startup idea. It doesn't have to be already established. It can be at any stage in your startup. It could just be an idea. And we sort of give each other feedback on how we can improve because we've got different, different types of, at university, you meet all types of different people, right? And of all different backgrounds and of all different um, experiences. And to have that mixture and to have that space where people could come together, and it's like a safe space where you could discuss ideas and help each other out and, and sort of uplift each other as well. And that was really, really important. Like I said, instrumental in any startup, early stage, to have that support system with you as you uh, innovate. And, and you talked about, you know, just, just now about being, you know, a migrant founder and, and some of the barriers that you faced and how you under, you know, overcome them. And, you know, we, we talked at the start about how you've had to pivot your business over the last few years. So you, you're talking about, um, you know, different barriers, you know, COVID, um, you know, looking for role models. But what advice would you give to people out there to overcome those barriers about starting and growing and pivoting their business? I think a key characteristic of someone um, starting out a business is to have that determination, is to see things in the long run, not to focus so much on the small details. Although, Having good attention to detail is really important as well, but you have to have a larger vision of what you want to achieve with your company or with your idea. Like with Teleport, we are very much focused on travel and innovation, but really the bigger vision for our company is to so that anyone anywhere can travel. And we want to break through that stereotype, you know, where people, for example, people who have mobility issues or people, the elderly, who now cannot physically travel anymore or um, kids in school and education that really, really want to go see the pyramids in Giza and they couldn't go. So really you need to have that vision and be have that determination to reach that vision. And you said, Simone, as a migrant founder, it can, again, imposter syndrome really hits hard as a migrant founder because you're in a whole new environment, you're in a whole new country, you've got your family back home, your friends back home, you're basically starting fresh in a new country and you, you won't necessarily have the tools or the knowledge of, of, for example, funding. That's one of the questions I get a lot. How do you find funding for a startup? And if you're a minority um, migrant founder, you might find it a bit more, I wouldn't say difficult, but like an invisible barrier that you have to break through even more just because you have that mindset that, oh, like I'm not from here, I'm not from around here, like people, you know, they might not want to support me, but that's not true. That's what I found. It's not true. Like people here, it's just, everyone's just so lovely and everyone's so supportive, especially in the startup community. So if you have a great idea, just go ahead, go for it. And even if it's not the best idea, you can always pivot. There's no, there's no set rule on how a business must be built. You know, um, a lot of founders struggle and a lot of them had to pivot like Airbnb, <laughs> for example. 
Well, but it is, and, and it's that innovating, isn't it? Innovating on, on your own brand. So you're an innovator in the first place. So it's almost going back to square one and going, if this is what we need to do, then innovate and innovate again. Don't be afraid of it. Yeah, exactly. And it all comes back to the support system, like I said as well. If you have that behind you, backing you up, you won't be afraid to innovate, to change and change direction. I think it's, the, it's that that's the power, like you say, the power of the community, the power of the mentorship, the power of the, the horizontal mentoring as well. It's not always having to seek out and find very experienced people. Sometimes it's just having that conversation between yourselves, isn't it? And that power in that community to to ask the question that no question's a silly question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I used to be so scared of of asking silly questions, but not anymore, I guess. Well, well, I've got a silly question for you now. <laughs> tell us about tell us about the metaverse. You know, we're all just getting to grip with Facebook's transition from the meta or to meta in the metaverse. Tell us how your launching on a meta platform has been. When you know, can you tell our listeners out there in Northern Power Women Land what is it? <laughs> Help us understand it. Okay, so um, the metaverse is basically think of it as like an online universe so it's sort of everything on there it's sort of built to mirror the real life environment but it's been built digitally so you could have buildings in there you could have cars you could have clothing I'm sure you've heard of NFTs um that's really starting to like um blow up at the moment um but what we're doing at teleport is we are Um, developing travel apps for different countries and we're actually filming the real life content in 3D and with spatial audio as well. So we just launched um, beginning of this year and it was really, really exciting period. And um, Meta is now, obviously a lot of investments are now pouring into the metaverse. Some people are saying that it could be the next internet. Remember when the internet boom happened? Um, So the meta is sort of similar, but it's like an online digital environment where you can build a house, you can meet friends, you can go on to a trip together, but in avatars. Um, But it's really exciting. And Facebook, obviously now called Meta, they're the leading company in um, producing this online sort of virtual environment. And in there, they facilitate a lot of gaming as well. Um, It's very big uh, amongst the gamers, uh, gaming societies and all that. Um, But actually, uh, a poll in 2016 found that VR technology in tourism is actually the most desired use, um, followed by like major events and, and all that. So um, we're hoping to ride the wave of um, VR tourism in the next few months or years. Wow, that is amazing. I can now see ahead, Rachel, is the Northern Power Women metaverse. I can see it now. Avatars galore, um, collaborating, using power for good and, you know, building a changing, more equal world. I'm sure that's going to be the future, right? Yes, definitely. And it's insane, the technology now. Haptic suits, I don't know if you've heard of that. You basically put on a suit and you can move things around in the digital world and people can come and people can see you riding a bike in the metaverse, for example. It's insane. But it's a really, really exciting time now with technology. You know, it's, it's limitless. It's endless possibilities. And, and this is why, this is why, Rachel, that you are on our 
2022 future list. What does that mean to you? Oh my God, that is, I, honestly, I wasn't expecting it. I <laughs> Someone nominated me anonymously, so I don't know who that was, but thank you. Thank you so much. And it just means so much um, to me, but especially to be on the list with all these other amazing women as, as well, like trailblazers in their their own industry and their own work that they do. And um, I think personally, it's given me more motivation and more, it's sort of, sort of just sparked that fire and sort of kept that fire going within me and continue to push for gender equality, especially in the technology sector, in the VR sector, because I don't really see a lot of women in VR. But, you know, I'm not from a tech background. I'm not a techie. I'm more of like a people person. So it just goes to show you don't have to know how to code to be in the industry. Anyone can be in the industry. So yeah, it really means a lot. Such an honour. And you're such a trailblazer and I'm so delighted that you've been able to join us today on the Northern Power Women podcast. Thank you, Rachel. Wish you well. And we can't wait to keep following your progress into the metaverse. And we need to come back and have another episode about NFTs. But thanks so much for joining us today, Rachel. Thanks, Simone. Thank you. (laughs) And if you love our episodes, please let us know by rating, reviewing and subscribing to the podcast. Let your friends know about us reach out on socials North Power Women on Twitter or Northern Power Women on all our other social media drop us a line at podcast at northernpowerwomen.com join us next Monday we'll, I'll be joined by another wonderful role model from the Northern Power Women community I'm Simone Roche and you've been listening to the Northern Power Women podcast a What Goes on Media production oh, yeah.